some Huxtons, huh? Yeah. You got the hybrids? I got the Hi-Fi Energy. Oh, is that the Sativa? Yeah. Wait, were we recording that? Oh, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were recording, but I didn't know that you liked sativas. Tell me how they are. Um, I don't, you know, but I learned that I may have had that terpene wrong. I've been demonizing limonene for a few, you know, weeks, months, years. <laughs> and allegedly, limonene is really good for anxiety and OCD. I know. I've heard that too. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. So I was talking about this with a bud tender recently, and he said that um, I should look out for alpha pinene, and that alpha pinene is a vasodilator. So his like theory is that you have more blood flow, so then you just start to like be a little bit more anxious. It increases your heart rate, etc., and then anxiety ensues if you're like uh, vulnerable to that, and yes. so that it, so I'm trying to like wade back into um the world of sativas because I really do miss you know the giggly the kind of more energetic high um and this one this is Huxton's hi-fi blend so this is a mix of cherry death star and deadhead og um and it has their top cannabinoids or excuse me top terpenes are beta caryophyllene limonene and humulene so I like beta caryophyllene. I know that for a fact. So it didn't seem, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll let it try. I'll see how it goes. Please so, let me know how it goes. I would love to, I've also been thinking about tipping my toes back into the sativa waters without fear, <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't really know where to start. Yeah. So here we go. Thanks, Huxton. Comes Thanks, with these Huxton. gorgeous matches. So cute. Whoa, light that freaking match. <laughs> the whole screen goes up in flames. <laughs> anyway, we have a guest. Oh, should we start this off with like a proper little intro? Yeah, let's do a proper intro. I'll, I'll, I'll take it away, folks. Here we go. What up, what up, what up? And uh, happy holidays. Welcome back to... <laughs> Welcome back to We'd Like to Talk, your favorite podcast with your pals, Hal. And Jamal. And today we're here for a December special, a December dab special with our favorite Dabarita, Dabaronzi, Dabaruski, Dab Daddy, <laughs> and fellow Blackbird teammate, Ika. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, uh, Ika, tell us um, and our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Ika Bajwa. I work at Blackbird. I am the head of IT, so I'm just the keeper of all things tech. Um, in my personal life, play a lot of board games, video games, just, you know, gamer extraordinaire, um, and smoke a lot of dabs. Oh, and my life partner, Jeff Carter, owns a board game bar here in Reno, Nevada called The Glass Die. Mm, love um, that plug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so gamer. just gamer, gamer. <laughs> full on gamer dude. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your gaming schedule to talk to us. I don't know a thing about dabs and you seem to be, like I said, the, the Dabarunsky of all dabbers. So, <laughs> so I would like for you to tell, why did you start smoking dabs? Uh, I started smoking dabs probably like five or six years ago. Um, I tried it 
in Montana before it was legal. So I don't know if I can say that, but anyways, <laughs> um, I tried it a long time ago. My friend made some and said, Hey, I have this concentrated, um, cannabis essentially. And they pulled out this crazy rig and brought out the blowtorch. And I was like in shock at that point. And I, <laughs> had already been like a daily user of cannabis steadily. I uh, used to go by Bong Rip Bajwa, still go by Bong Rip Bajwa. So I love taking Bong Rips, but um, anyways, it just happened upon it. And the first time I did a dab, I was so high that I was like, oh my God, this is the best feeling. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I didn't have one again until a few years later. And at that point, I was just regularly smoking dabs with this particular friend of mine. So um, for me, it's just like, uh, I have an addiction problem and I'm chasing the high. <laughs> hey, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm a, I've been a steady cannabis user since I was uh, too young. Got Let's it. just say that. So your body can handle it. You can handle the heat. Yes. Quite literally. Well, uh, that's crazy. What the first time you smoked dabs, at your friend's house was it the sketchy scene of like heating up a knife or something yeah it's like the first time that you see someone take knife hits it's like that same feeling where you're like why are you throwing knives on the stove right now (laughs) like are we still smoking weed what are we doing (laughs) yeah for a second I was like oh we making creme brulee like (laughs) because uh, <laughs> those friends in particular baked a lot but um yeah the setting was just like very normal like we were about to smoke a bowl and then it was like hey you ready to get this freaking <laughs> rips <laughs> rip yeah. Blitz. Blitz. are you ready to go to space dog <laughs> i had the same experience though where i had been smoking flour for a few years and pretty consistently and just like was not feeling as high as I was before and was really surprised then the first time that I did a dab like I didn't know what to expect and it was like oh I'm stoned (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I mean so for Ika for someone like you that dabs I mean what seems to be daily does it still get you that high or is it are you kind of mellowed out with that too Um, uh, you definitely like cap out. So, um, I'm a daily dab user, uh, because flower just doesn't do it for me anymore. Um, it's so rare when I do find a flower that does. So, um, yeah, I mean, like it definitely, it's, it's a weird thing. I love dabs and dab culture. Like I'm all about sharing concentrates, but at the same time, I'm definitely, warning other people don't be like me continue to smoke flour in your daily cannabis consumption because it really does affect the amount of like thc what is that called what am i forgetting the word um your tolerance (laughs) (laughs) it's your (laughs) it's your tolerance level sorry (laughs) i'm not even stoned yet (laughs) oh well it's time to change that i've never dabbed never no, I'm still too scared to. <laughs> I take two hits off a joint and I'm turned. So I don't think I need to, to go that hard. I think I would probably rush myself to the ER. Yeah, I mean, I the, the friends that I do have that are like, I've never dabbed before. I give them the smallest baby dab. Like I hand them my Puffco um, and <laughs> they usually take a baby hit and cough a lot. And then I just finish it up. <laughs> like- yeah. yeah, I remember my first dab 
and I'm pretty sure it was with Ika. <laughs> when I say remember, I don't really remember. I've taken a few first jabs, I feel like. It's always like, you know. Every time's the first time because you just yeah. can't remember the last. You know, there's like, okay, the, my first dab, but then is it really a dab? It was like half a dab, a little, you know, in a, out of a banger. And then the first time you use a <clears throat> redacted Puffco, you know. <laughs> It just changes it. So it's like a different experience. Yeah, I was grateful. I felt like it really, I felt really comfortable. I mean, Ika and I have been friends for a long time now. And even then I felt really, um, uh, yeah, just like, it's okay. I'm with Ika, it's fine. <laughs> it's good though, to have someone like that, that you can get high out of your mind and feel really comfortable with. I think everyone needs that for the first time you get like, I mean, I shouldn't say first time, but if you're going to, intentionally send yourself to the moon like do it with somebody that you trust and love because yeah. <laughs> I think that I've done that to a lot of people one of my best friends um she had never smoked weed until she met me and it's like I gave her her first bong rip I can't even remember how many people like that I've christened in that sense or like this is your first bong rip this is your first dab rip like Fun. <laughs> you're, you're Reno's dab guru yeah weed guru I guess I don't want to say that but like I'm not gonna say that but you can find me on Instagram at Reno's number one dab daddy (laughs) I really wish that I had the balls to change my Instagram name (laughs) I mean it's bong rip bajwa it's already like so good so don't change it but also it's weed related already going to Reno's number one dab daddy wouldn't be that huge of a jump (laughs) (laughs) I love that I want to hear about your feelings about the hardware. So I know that like you now use a Puffco. Uh, Shout out Puffco. Cause like, honestly, their branding, everything about Puffco, their whole company is like really cool. And I love everything they've put out so far. Um, but <laughs> no, you have lots of thoughts and feelings about it too. I, I mean, they're, they're pretty much mutual. So um, Puffco in itself as hardware is just, all around amazing, um, pretty easy to clean, charge, very user-friendly, like novice-friendly. Um, and like also their culture, their culture is so similar to Blackbird's culture in that sense of just like really believe in diversity and inclusion and equity. So, um, and when all the protests were happening, uh, they definitely pitched in to the bail fund. Like, I think those little things, especially in cannabis mean a lot. So. Um, yeah, and the hardware itself is just like amazing and they have like a beautiful little mini pen now out and it's just like, I don't know how much more compact it can get. And I've tried a lot of other um, electronic, I call them e-dabs, but <laughs> electronic dab rigs. Um, and they're, they hit just as well. It's the hardware is like almost the same, but it's always like hard, harder to clean that kind of thing. So. I'd say that the Puffco looks, well, first of all, the design of it and the colors and everything they do from an outside perspective as a company, love, but the, the hardware itself makes a dab feel a hell of a lot less intimidating. Like I look at it, I'm like, oh, that looks cute and fun. Like, I, I think I could try that. Whereas like former dab styles to me looks like <laughs> sketch. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. The first time that I saw a Puffco, I was like, wait, that's 
that's a dab. And there's other like Ghost Vapes is another um, brand. They do handheld vape um, tech. Yeah. And that as well, I was like, oh, that's that looks way more my speed. And that, the first, that's like what why I always hesitated to get into dabs is just the vision of me with like a welding mask and like, it's like, <laughs> oh, finally, 4 p.m. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't trust myself enough for that. I'm like going to burn my house down or something. And like, I don't know. So it felt so much more accessible, I guess. Yeah. Um, I will say like the the unaccessible part of this that we have to acknowledge altogether is like a puffco is a lot of money. Mm. You know, like all these electronic dab rigs are quite a bit of coin. Um and versus like just buying a glass dab rig from the corner store and like a butane torch is very entry level. So I am always in an admiration of people who do analog dabs because like they know how to get the temperature correctly. I have never been able to master that. It's how I messed up my lungs doing hot dabs. That's why I switched to a Puffco. So like we have to like acknowledge those people that are still doing that because like the entry level is so much cheaper in that sense too. So that's um, a great point. I hadn't even considered that, but I feel like I would, I haven't even looked at how much a Puffco costs, but I assume it's it's up there. <laughs> it's worth it, but they also have like a payment plan thing on their website as well. So take advantage of that if you have okay credit or not, who cares? Um. <laughs> who cares? It's all burning down anyway. <laughs> yeah. <End it> all. you miss the old days you know hanging out with your pals pal well log on to blackbirdgo.com and order some gorilla glue number four from old pal today tell them jamal and hal sent you what were we talking about christmas Oh. all of us have different christmas experiences and this comes out the day before christmas so I, I like the idea of christmas but it always every time i like try to do it myself i'm like i'm uncomfortable <laughs> this is like the most festive i've ever been <laughs> this current setting yeah i don't really care for it like we definitely celebrated it uh growing up i am half guatemalan and half indian like punjabi um so yeah, like my entire existence growing up was definitely a little bit of both. And then also growing up in the United States so being Americanized and like believing in Santa Claus and all those things. My Sikh family has like, you know, they celebrate it now because they're all Americanized, but it's like funny to talk to Indian people about Christmas because they're like, okay, it's Diwali, dog. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about that for a second about santa claus <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you guys think that it's messed up for parents to make us believe in santa claus or do you think it's sweet <laughs> i don't know i think like i really enjoy folklore and tradition and i think that out of the things that parents lie to their kids about santa claus is the least of my worries <laughs> Um, but I think that the lengths that people go to in order to conceal or like portray that he's a person is sometimes like, 
I wish you would put that energy into like teaching your children to love themselves, but go off. <laughs> right. I read a thing the other day that made me think about it differently. And it was, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like in meme format, basically saying, no wonder like we grow up being able to like be gaslit so easily because we've been gaslit by our parents to believe Santa Claus is real our whole lives. <laughs> and that made me feel like, holy cow. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah I don't know it's like it's wild but I also feel at the same time that like just let your kids find out you know what I mean I don't feel like going to great lengths to conceal it to like preserve their you know childhood or innocence or anything like that at some point you're like intentionally keeping them ignorant about things and that's like a practice and and energy you don't really want to invite into your life right agreed right you don't want and to I, believe crazy things people tell you either and just like wholeheartedly believe them. Yeah. I think as soon as my kid was like putting things together, like, hey, is that the same wrapping paper? I'd be like, oh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes, this dude like came across to like, you know, every single house. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, this gas prices, are you serious? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Like a Stanley Tucci kind of way, you know, not like a... <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that vision of you as a Stanley Tucci dad. <laughs> but with the mullet. Yeah. Still bald on top. <laughs> wow. I wonder what kind of celebrity parent I'm going to be. No, who are you going to be? I want to really know. Chessie from The Parent Trap. <laughs> I don't remember. She's like the nanny lady, She's right? She's like the cool nanny in all oh, denim yeah. who's like very, very loving and comforting. I like love a, her. Like a Roz from Frasier. Oh, yeah. Well, then I'm going to be Uncle Jesse from like Step by Step or whatever. Oh, wow. <laughs> not, is, full what house? Is it? Full, full house? house? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, actually, that's not right. <laughs> um, women's, when did you like stop? When did you know that the jig was up with uh, Santa Claus, Haley? I wish I remembered. I don't really know. I think it was, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sometime in my elementary school years, obviously, but like early ones. Here's the thing. I lived my whole entire life as a child at the dance studio with all people older than me. So I think I learned a lot of things like that, or at least heard rumors of them and was questioning from a young age, but like would go home and my mom would be like so diligent that it was real. And I had a little brother who believed it still. So I just kind of played along. So it's not super clear to me, like when here, I'll tell you a funny story real quick about Easter, which maybe we can cut and save for Easter time. But <laughs> my parents had this whole skit about seeing the Easter bunny come into our house. And it was when I was still awake, it was like late at night, we were watching TV or something. And my dad like started like screaming, which like he doesn't, or like was active. They were both being activated by the sight of a bunny. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> is this serious? Like, I remember that moment really convincing me that, holy shit, this is real. The bunny is in our house. <laughs> Found out years later that's because it was my brother's actual birthday and they just like, I don't remember. There was some sad story as to why they did it to try and lift his spirits. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I love that. So. I like that's dedication right there because <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah. There was also, we have a chimney in the middle of our house. This is a Christmas story similar where we woke up one Christmas morning and there was footprints like in like what looked like ash or something around the house on the carpet. And they were like, 
oh, Santa was here. Look, there's his footprints. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's when I was still a young believer. <laughs> See, I have very theatrical cute. parents. Yeah, that's cute. My parents would never. <laughs> yeah. So my mom made my dad celebrate Christmas because he's Sikh and they just don't really do that. So he placated, obviously. Um, and, and like super willingly, he loves giving gifts. That's his favorite thing. Also his love language. So it's kind of weird, <laughs> kind of good, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but my, uh, other side of the family is all Guatemalan. I have like six aunts, one uncle, like there's hella kids, you know? So we stay up all night on Christmas Eve. We have dinner and stay up all night and open presents at midnight Bye. and, I used to get Santa Claus presents at midnight and that was also <laughs> very telling. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Christmas day, like, uh, I just, you know, could literally go back to work or do something else. Like Christmas is over on Christmas day for yeah. me. Nice. That's fun though. I, that's like a cute, a cute thing staying up till midnight together. I like that. Okay. I have a, a totally random question. Have you guys watched that hulu movie um happiest season don't even i haven't don't even get me started on that shit because like i have so many thoughts and feelings and the entire film is extremely triggering for me i understand that but i feel like as queer people we have a duty to speak about it <laughs> okay so- fun fact real quick before we start this is why we should talk about it number one biggest streaming movie on hulu ever and it's a gay oh. movie for the lesbians for the lesbians yeah, for the queers but but mostly for the lesbians mostly for the lesbians and i'm here for it honestly so <laughs> well you need to watch i've already told you to watch it i know I it's have, not I good can't... but we need to have commentary about what is it, it called the happiest season just look it's up Kristen stewart <laughs> you'll find it yeah so uh the whole premise of that film is really interesting and i Haley, maybe you can elaborate more on the premise of the film Sure. Yeah. So Kristen Stewart's dating this girl who I can't get behind in the first place. Same. <laughs> her, name's, her name's Harper. And she is like, come home to my house and my family for Christmas, but then doesn't tell Kristen Stewart's character that she isn't out to her family. And so the whole movie is like them being at the family's house and her pretending to be straight to like appease her parents and Kristen Stewart just being pushed to the side and being treated poorly the whole movie. Oh, I cannot watch that. Oh my God. I Right. They made a movie for the gays, not realizing how triggering and painful that would be for so many gays. <laughs> it's too identifying. Like, yeah. um, Was it queer people who made it? Maybe. Yeah, like, ouch. <laughs> not all at but- once. <laughs> God. I'll see also Aubrey Plaza's in it and she's like Kristen Stewart's love interest's uh previous girlfriend um from like a long like her first girlfriend I think and it's like she's so cool like I was right. rooting for her the entire time where I was like that's the one you make out with Kristen Stewart and her were vibing there was absolutely zero chemistry between Kristen Stewart and her girlfriend yeah so anyways I was I'm glad you said that because Aubrey Plaza for the win on that whole movie <laughs> yeah and she's like super hot so like <laughs> right. I didn't know she was a queer icon but she is now 
and that or she's queer baiting us. <laughs> so all of the Twitter lesbians are here for her. <laughs> I want to um, watch it. Oh, God damn it. I want to watch it, but I don't. That sounds so awful. I think it is pretty awful, but I think you should watch it just so that you can be a part of the commentary because I know you and I think that you would get it. You would get a riot out of oh, no. <laughs> being able to talk about it. <laughs> But it's triggering for me because like a five hour episode of just like yeah, our in-depth response to the happiest season. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I mean, let this be part one. Let's let's do it. <laughs> it's really triggering for me because just like coming out is like a very traumatic, not even traumatic, but like kind of a weird experience. And like dating people who are not fully out can be a very triggering experience for yourself because it forces you to identify with, yeah it, it forces you to go over those feelings of when you came out over again if you are out so um that's why I found that film to be really interesting because it's like I don't think it's something that people should be afraid uh, ashamed of and like come out if you have the safe space too of course um but right yeah I think the positive thing that I was able to take away from it and after thinking about it was like maybe this movie is less for the actual queer people and more for their queer, their parents or like for the people that aren't out yet that are scared basically at the end jamel they were like she was so scared to come out to her parents because her so much pressure from her parents la di da but then she comes out to them and like they're pretty cool with it and i think that like maybe that's the message hopefully but like also i don't know i'm trying to find the silver lining in it <laughs> no i think i mean the fact that it the silver lining is the fact that it is a very like painful story that a lot of queer people identify with and it is yeah. so massively seen like by by non-queer people and queer people alike I think that anyone who's ever been in a relationship where they can't be completely open about it can resonate with those feelings and then thinking about myself in my like early <laughs> experience coming out and like some of the first people that I had experience dating who weren't completely out having that kind of solidarity would have made or that kind of representation would have made me feel a lot less um isolated or just like yeah um. <laughs> that's a great point actually if I had watched that movie when I was experiencing my first secret as I like to call it underground gay relationship <laughs> I probably would have felt like, oh my God, this is actually kind of nice because I went through that almost exact same situation of that movie. And yeah, I think looking at it now, like 10, 11 years later, whatever, however long it's been from that experience, I can kind of like scoff at it. But who knows if I was like still young and in the closet myself and whatever, that might have, might have felt better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good media for the queers and I'm not going to complain about it, you know, because there is some good takeaways. <laughs> right. Right. It, it, it ends happily, which is like the first time. I mean, happily for the couple, maybe not happily for the audience. <laughs> yeah, I was very bitter, but whatever. <laughs> Mel, they end up together. Don't happily ever after. Don't even watch it. You know? I just told you. The whole <laughs> Am I going to go through the roof? I'm going to come back the next episode. Like, I can't believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, please do. I want a part two to this conversation. Anyway. 
we love weed and we love um, being able to take a little time to slow down and to be able to at least have a few days. That's something that I do really feel grateful for about um, Christmas in general is that it feels like it's a genuine sigh of relief. I always feel that about the next year. And even though nothing really changes in this time, it's always good to like reflect. So I'm so grateful to have the chance to talk to both of you guys, have the chance to make this podcast and everything else. And so that's um, my, you know, little thing for the holidays. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, I think you're right. It is a time to reflect and like feel kind of cozy in just for like a moment of rest, even if it is just one day. Like, I think it's nice to just have a nationwide kind of pause um as we gear up for a new year and I don't know I'm feeling pretty damn grateful for you guys too this has been a nice chat I've had a lot of fun Ika thanks for coming on thanks for having me I appreciate both of you so much thank you gosh I'm gonna cry (laughs) right I know we did a lot of a lot of name brand dropping but one you know one more before we go what's everybody smoking Mm. I was gonna say I'm literally smoking the Daniel Danielle Ocean OG live batter resin that you were talking about so already been plugged yeah thank you I'm smoking the um chem VA skunk pre-roll by culture and cannabis (laughs) given to me by the culture and cannabis boys hey Shout out full-time Tony. Shout out full-time Tony. I'm smoking (laughs) Quinn Rivers um, headband. They're a really cool company out of the northern part of Nevada. And check them out. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, Ika, would you like to plug your anything? Wow. (laughs) Drop that at. Um, You can find me on Instagram at bongrip bajwa 666 you can also find me on twitch twitch.tv bongrip bajwa 666 what can people expect from your twitch channel oh twitch channel um i just play video games so i play a lot of animal crossing or i stream among us with the homies in discord or just you know whatever i'm feeling wonderful well, thank you so much. It's been fun chatting with you. Thanks for been having fun me. having this Christmas spirit, this holiday spirit run through our little bones together and me watching you guys in your onesies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. see you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs> see you next year. That's right. Uh-huh. Later 2020. <laughs> <laughs>